They're taking Cherubin pot strewn strategically along the daily. Chatter boys are tying paternosters in preparation for the fray. Tinnies are being towed to target on the Arnhem Highway. Over in Gove, they're rigging up teasers for the big boys. There's an air of anxious optimism at harbourside boat ramps as launch time looms. And in the front bar of the top end pub. So I'm out the front and I'm mowing the lawns in my undies, of course. Hey, oh Jesus, is that the time? Smith! Oh, showtime. Yeah, let's go. Quick, Hurry up. drink up. Get your bums in the boat and get on with it. G'day fishers and welcome aboard the Tinny on a Week where I do not believe that the aforementioned air of anxious optimism have e has ever been thicker, has ever been denser, has ever been more turgid. The rivers are going off, the harbour's going off, we're on the cusp of a dry season but the fish are going off. Life is good, we've had a wet season, now we're having a dry season. There is a natural progression being reintroduced to our worlds. Everything is good, everything is right, everything is sequential. And we're liking it. We're liking it a bloody lot. Tales from the Tinny, we like things to be predictable and sequential. We like breakfast to come before lunch. And then we like to have beer before dinner. That's the sequence. That's the way it should roll. We like beer before Barra, and then beer immediately after catching Barra. And that's for those the, of that's us the who, sequence. And drink those, beer, catch Barra, drink beer. And for those of us who are really skilled, drink beer, catch Barra, drink beer while catching Barra, and then drink beer. There's nothing wrong with that, Tim. It's, we're simple folk. We are but simple folk. And it's, then, a, it's a reasonably simplistic and generic catch-all summary of what it is we do here in the top end, isn't it? I think so. And in the sense of sequential, sequentiality, sequentialness, I'm not quite sure. The tinny is evolving this week. Well, it's been slowly evolving over the last couple of weeks, Tim. Well, you mentioned the air of anxious optimism. Mm. And, and there is some anxiety that comes along with that optimism pre-fishing trip. Mm. You're excited, but you're a bit on edge. Yeah. What if this is a failure? You know, what is it, what's, what's going to happen? It's, it's an air of anxious optimism, but also sort of some anxious uh, trepidation mm. with which we launch the tinny this week, because this tinny is a tinny of the people and for the people. Mm. A little bit of a breakout this week, where you're taking over the airwaves, Fishos. This is your turn. We're inviting you aboard. For a decade, you've put up with the crap with the chimpanzee arms and the spittle that fly from his mouth as he gets up on a high horse and has a go at the Yanks or cats. Someone say cats! Or tells us about boutique mango beer or crap we don't care about. Now, this week, it's your time to take the mic. The Tinny Terriers are taking over. Location correspondence. We've hacked the ABC server. This is not word of a lie. And Tinny's been able to get access to this special little app you can download onto your phone for free. And we've been distributing it 
to our spies across the top end. You fishers. And this week the reports are coming flooding in. From out and about. The tinny faithful. The tinny people. The tinny diaspora. Timmy. Mm. Flung their tendrils of the tinny diaspora spread across mm. the world. And we want to hear reports from your world, from that air of anxious optimism at whatever boat ramp you happen to be inhabiting. More details on how you can get involved. And some other terrific stuff to look forward to on the tinny this week. Jacko reckons the daily is prime. Hey, the next two sets of big tides are just going to go off its head. Donnie, who won the biggest bar for the trip, didn't even wet a line. Donnie's story is a hell of a story. Exciting that the daily, he reckons, is going to go off in the next set of two sets of springs, he reckoned, didn't he? And Donnie's ability to win that comp without putting a, a line in is, is worth waiting for. Mm. And this week, too, <laughs> it's a big week! It's a big week on the tenny! It marks the return of the Sensei! Hello, I'm Hiro. Uh, I'm 56 years old, quite old man. But still, I'm fishing Baramandi by land based in Darwin. Oh, small Baramandi. It's been too long, Tim, since we heard from the Sensei. Land based Sensei Hirokai. Nakamura takes us on a tour of a couple of the land-based spots across the top end. Trust you can stay with us on the tinny. Where our TFT Terrier of Truth is Lisa this week, who got a rude awakening at the Daily. Welcome to our world, Lisa. She's been down there reporting for the tinny, live on the spot at the Barrett Classic. We suggested to Lisa, just wait until they've had a couple of beers, Lisa. You know, maybe we'll relax a bit. Loosen up. Settle in at the bar for a yak for the tinny. Unfortunately, as you'll hear, Lisa might have waited a little bit too long (laughs) for them settling in at the bar. It started off fine with Tim, who had a uh, mechanical mishap on the river. From across the vast expanses of the wild and untamed top end, intrepid tinny correspondents risk rampage and ridicule from crewmates to bring you the truth. What happened today? You're back an hour before lines in easy. Going down through the S's this morning and just clipped the edge of a floating log and uh, we've done a gearbox so we uh, had a very long journey home and she doesn't sound too good now. Give us a whirl. Let us hear. (laughs) Not a happy gearbox. No, not at all. So uh, the boys have jumped in the car and are heading back to Darwin to pick up another boat and they'll be back tonight. So it'll be a late night for us and an early start and hopefully we can recover from today. Anyway, that's life on the daily and we'll keep going tomorrow. That's fishing, eh? That's it. How good? How good? But not so good. Lisa, <laughs> a daughter of the diaspora, reporting from the classic there. There'll be more from Lisa throughout the uh, throughout the hour. But did you hear that gearbox? <laughs> uh, Sounds like a Model T Ford. Uh, that is not the sound you want to hear when you're 
Fishing the classic, is it? And just a, a quick update on what we know to hand at the moment. Final results aren't in for a little while because we, we, they're currently on their last day. Top end tackle world are leading with Shane Compain, Cam Briscoe and the other bloke, Terry Ryan. Any surprises there, Fishers? Two metre is yesterday. Uh, they're about 500 points ahead of second, who are the Pilbarians and third, um, real easy. Those, all those three teams are together, 500 points ahead of the rest. But you never know, and depending on what, what happens today. And uh, a little shout-out quickly, too, to Josh Pushy, who got a 116 on the daily yesterday. Well done. Yeah, not just that. Dad followed it up with a metery on the same boat on the same day. Team Pushy. Mate, is there any greater bonding experience? I mean, men can't give birth, but, <laughs> I mean, that must be a bond between a mother and a child is where I'm kind of going. But a, but a bond between a father and a son or a father and a daughter, in fact, any relationship within a family, can it be forged any stronger other than giving birth than in, catching in twin, of a twin meteries in a day? Congratulations, you mob. G'day, I'm Paige from Humbug Fishing. You've been uh, predominantly camped down the mouth of the daily, Paige. Uh, how's it been going? Yeah, it's been absolutely fantastic. Daily always seems to fish really well, even where everywhere else is, you know, lacking a bit of water. How's the wet season playing out in those coastal creeks? It's been really, really good. Late February, early March, we were out there on the big sets of tides and, yeah, had some really, really good sessions along those coastal creeks. It was great. few meteries were caught. I think the biggest we caught this year was a 118, so that was pretty impressive. Do you concentrate on those bigger tides around the mouth of the daily? Yeah, they seem to they seem to work better for us. Um, it definitely clears up a lot of the water, backs the water up in a lot of the creeks. Mostly on the top of the tide page. Yeah, half tide. Um, you know, towards the top is seems seems to be the best for us. Yeah. Is the runoff waning? Admittedly, it is getting a bit tougher uh, fishing down there at the moment. There is some water, like fresh water, still coming out of some of the creeks, um, but we are finding it a little bit difficult to find some fish now, or big fish at the moment. Um, they seem to be a bit few and far in between. Um, there has been a couple of uh, meteries caught, yeah, the past maybe two big sets of tides, but... Um, unlike what it was earlier in the year, definitely. It seems like a glory job, but you're really helping other people catch fish. Do you get to fish much yourself, Paige? We've got a a tiny little tender boat um, that hangs off the back of the mothership, you know, just in case something ought to happen. Eight or nine metres tiny? Uh, No, no, no. This one's only about maybe three, three three and a half metres. A fair fair income one. Very, very small. Taking that out um, one of the trips earlier this year, only for a couple of hours in the afternoon and um, actually managed to get a 102 up one of the creeks in this tiny little boat. It was something that was very, very unexpected. We, uh, we had no net, no brag mat, no nothing, so uh, towed us around for a little bit, um, but uh, there was another boat pretty close, so we, uh, we kindly asked them to land the fish, and they did. They measured it, got a couple of photos, and back it went. Did you tell the paying punters that you caught a metery while they were looking elsewhere? Yeah, I kind of done it in front of them, actually. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah they, um, but they loved it. They loved seeing a big fish get caught. It gave them a bit more hope that there was a few fish there. So This is how you do it, folks. Yeah, yep. <laughs> how on earth do you get someone else to land your metery? Very carefully. <laughs> no, we got. Uh, they came nice and close and... Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how it was done. It was a bit of a miracle that it happened, to be honest. It was fun. And you skippered the boat home from the daily 
back to Dundee recently. Was there much evidence of pelagic and fish action on the way through? Oh, yeah, it's incredible. You can definitely see how the season's changing. Um, uh, went around the parents and there was heaps of bait fish and different um, queen fish and things like that that we were catching. Had a really good session on those. Um, on the way back, we caught heaps of tuna and found a good um, bait school there, which was absolutely amazing, and um, managed to catch a couple of goldies out of it as well, um, up to 70 centimetres, two of them. Oh, I was over the moon. I couldn't believe it. I was screaming at my partner to get the net. You had cast out for the tuna. Yeah, yep, we were casting out trying to catch tuna. They make good crab bait and stuff you know nice and oily fish so we thought we'd catch a couple and come back to Darwin and maybe go crabbing lo and behold got a nice feed out of it as well (laughs) it was just on vibes just dropped it down into the school didn't whine didn't do anything and 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 hooked on how good's that did you go crabbing with the tuna in the end oh it's still in the freezer we we diced it all up on the way back yet to go out probably this weekend bring it on I bet you the Goldies didn't get diced up and chucked no, in the freezer. Though. No, no. <laughs> yeah, no, we, uh, we, uh, we did keep them. They did taste delicious, I must admit. Lovely to chat to you, Paige, and good luck with the crabbing this weekend. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. Regurgitated. You can attempt to tweet us or Tumblr us or Instagram us or hook up on Tinder. What's Go- Tinder? Like no, for your fire. It's a... <laughs> Tinder's where you hook up for the sexy time using the mobile telephonic device and then you have a campfire together. Hi, I'm Jenny, age 28, love a roaring campfire. You bring the wood. I bring the match, baby! (laughs) We aren't on Instagram, we aren't on Tumblr and we definitely are not on Tinder. We do love campfires though. Yeah, like those on Tinder. Tales from the Tinny. Warren DeWitt, the Ayatollah of the DKVR here, is El Duce of the Amateur Fishermen's Association of the Northern Territory, and he is the proprietor of Rod and Rifle Tackle World in Catherine. And cattle dive for cover when they see him coming aboard his horse. Mm, don't they what? There's a bit of affant news to start off with. Warren, how are you? I'm good, boys. How yourselves? They announced uh, that they're going to continue the ban on commercial mud crabbing in Shoal Bay. The government's just... Uh, just said yeah there's a uh, mou which is not such much a, as a ban but there's an agreement between the northern seafood council the mud crab industry and afant the recreational fishing i suppose in the northern territory that they won't go into shoal bay which is what our concern was actually last year when the fishing or crabbing was so bad in the gulf that there was a lot more pressure being put on the uh, crabbing areas up around Darwin and the, the commercial crabbers hadn't been in Shoal Bay at all in uh, the last few five or six years and we didn't want them going in there and putting pressure on a prime recreational crabbing area Shoal Bay so we've come to an agreement which is really good it's good to see the mud crab fisheries and the uh, seafood council recognizing the importance of Shoal Bay to recreational fishing and agreeing to that um, MOU and isn't it critical Shoal Bay or hopeless inlet as Rob knows it abandoned hope all year you enter here inlet have you been crabbing in there Rob yeah have you oh, I've done I've done riding crabs in there yeah Oh, there you go. The barra just smashed me and look at me. They they treat me like cattle treat you. Have you <laughs> with disdain? <laughs> with disdain. Uh, no respect. Have you heard much about the quality of, of fishing and whether that the, the good barra numbers are still coming out of Shoal Bay, Warren? 
the fishing's been pretty good in those tidal areas, pretty well all the way around the coastline, so long as you're sort of working your tides and understanding, you know, when you should be in certain areas. So Shoal Bay's no different. I mean, it works really good on those right tides and, and obviously going in and working your way through. And, and like these tides this weekend are going to be good for people who want to get locked in there. Now, the uh, mercury has been dropping well Ooh. towards the teens, <laughs> till the bottom of the teens around your part of the paddock. How's that going to yep. affect the rivers, do you think? Well, it'll slow it down a little bit to start with. I mean, obviously, we've spoken about this in the past where we reckon the fish will get a bit of a shock to start off with and then they adjust to it and away they go. I don't know about this year might not see a, a dramatic decline in fish being caught because I think the numbers are so good this year and the fish are so plentiful and they're staying in the rivers because of our good wet season and there's lots of bait still in the river systems as well. So the barra are still feeding you know, pretty aggressively still at the moment and you know the guys at the Barra Classic are still catching fish at the moment. It's been quite cool down on the Daly River as well. So it doesn't look like it'll have too much of an impact. It slows it down more up in the... Um, uh, non-tidal parts of the of the river system, say like up above the Roper or the Daly or the Vic River up in that freshwater section where the tide doesn't have an influence on them, I think that will certainly feel the effects of it before the bottom part of the uh, tidal rivers. Mm. The bait's starting to come off the floodplains in some areas, Warren, but in other areas guides are saying that there's still heaps of water around, like the bottom of the Daly and, and some of the billabongs. Yeah, exactly, and and... and Talking to the guys who have been fishing down the Roper, um, they're saying that the last of that water is now coming off a lot of those major creeks like Blackfellow Creek and that. And it's interesting to hear some of the um, different uh, problems or scenarios that people are facing. It, guys who are using cherubin at the mouth of Blackfellas can't even catch a barra. Blokes who are using paddle tail soft plastics are uh, braining the fish. Now, the reason for that is, after I sort of delved into it a bit further, is there's lots of um, eel-tailed catfish or, or, and scad coming out of the Blackfellow Creek now that have been up on the floodplains and the cherubin haven't come out yet. So the barra are tuned into, again, as we talked about in the past, match the hatch and you've got a big chance of being able to successfully catch barra. So obviously, the, look at what food's coming out of those creeks and try and make sure you imitate that with whatever soft plastic or hard body you've got at the time. And while we generally ignore your weather predictions, Warren, <laughs> every couple of years you get a fishing prediction right. You've been calling <laughs> you've been calling for a couple of months now. It's nearly time for the top of the south to fire. There's some good yep. evidence which will bring to you shortly, officials, that the top of the south is firing. So you can put some stock in what Warren tells you every week on Tales from the Tinny, and we appreciate you for doing it. Warren, stand by for more on the South. <laughs> Good on you, Warren. We'll talk to you next week, eh? All right, boys. All the best. Warren DeWitt from uh, Catherine as he turns up every week here on Tales from the Tinny. Now, he did mention but didn't want to go public with it. He was overheard in the tackle shop during the week commentating on Shane Compain's effort on the classic Rob that perhaps I should come out of retirement just in order to kick Shane Compain's ass in the 2018 Barra Classic. We'd, we'd love to see it. WDW, come on out of retirement, fella. Come what? on come what? on back, Dame Nelly. The old dog versus the, the new dog. Hey, Farnsey, Barnsey and DeWitt. Oh, the comeback tours that never end. What a classic battle. I had him on. And then you swim out in the ocean and then hooks are spent. Yeah, well, we'll have to keep trying. Tales from the Tinny. Hey, Tim. Yeah, mate. Remember this? As Reese was putting down the lecky, he goes, oh, I think I heard a boof. 
there's another boof. And it stood up and said, hang on, the entire creek mouth is boofing. The lures landed, twitch, 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 triple hookup on 90 centimetre plus fish. Um, Rolf, 97, 93, 90, 92. Reese, 97, 95, 95, Yeah, yeah, we, 95, yeah, we remember this now. I, I, I remember. Uh, Stu Stewie Martin, uh, one of the definitive reports of 2017. 94, 94, 98, yeah. 97, and it just went on. Yeah. On and on. And on. It was, it was kind of interesting, but then it just got annoying. Rolf, 94. It really was. It still isn't. <laughs> but, 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 but listen, everybody, there's hope. Because every fisher who has trips like that also goes through the opposite. I know it's sometimes hard to believe. You don't believe that these legends, these people that you believe may sort 91, of... 94, 97. Hawk on water. And not that we're reveling in it. Well, we are a little bit, surely. If he's had a bad trip, I'm going to revel. Just a little bit, mate. <laughs> But Stewie's latest trip tipped the scales in the other direction. In fact, tipped the scales off the scale. This will give you hope, fish eyes, because you're not the only one. You're not the only one. Say it to yourself, you're not the only one. After weeks and weeks of counselling, I'm finally ready to talk about it openly without tearing up too much. The worst extended barramundi fishing trip I've ever done. We received a bit of a tip-off that there was a secret spot working way down at the mouth of the Vic River. A great drive down there. Spirits were high, you know, all the boys were amping. You know, always excited to explore a new spot. Had to take the cover off the boat prep before we launched and straight away I noticed a really strong fuel smell. We'd had a major fuel leak of probably 50 litres had deposited itself inside of the boat. So through all the swags, through the beer, it even permeated the plastic water bottles. The carpet had already lifted and started rippling on the floor. Great start and a beautiful night's sleep in a swag sodden with unleaded petrol. Yeah, I was in a wonderful state of mind at 4am with a fuel-induced migraine. There was a big light at Big Horse Creek boat ramp, so wisely we thought we'd go and park near that bag call, you know, every insect with a hundred mile radius uh, decided to flock to that light. Uh, honestly, at one point I remember getting up and going into the Prado and I was literally a moment away from just turning the key, starting it, telling the boys, <laughs> get the F in the car, we, we're going home. And, you know, once we got underway, it was a magic trip down, actually. It's a beautiful river, huge escarpment on the sides. Uh, we were finding 50, 60 metre holes uh, deep on the sounder and these huge big whirlpools and eddies. And, uh, you know, there was a bit of banter going on uh, about, you know, what this secret spot might hold and, you know, how it was going to fish. So things were looking up. However, we kind of got about 50 kilometres from the spot and by then we'd actually caught the outgoing tide and it was the biggest tide for the year and it was just absolutely draining out at a million miles an hour. It might be tricky to get up this creek where this secret spot at the top apparently flows a lot of fresh. If we have a go, it's half tide outgoing at least. If we make it, we've got that clear tannin water and we can fish that all day, but there is a chance that, you know, we might not make it. 
yeah. intake of breath intake signifies of breath. something momentous? Yes, you know, we gave it a really good dig, complete disregard for the skeg on my 175. Uh, we ended up chipping half of the skeg off, trying to get up there. Didn't make it, got stuck. That was about 11 o'clock in the morning and we theorised it was all good, you know, I'll push up here by 2.30 and we already, you know, the eternal optimist, we were rigging fizzes and lures <laughs> for the incoming tide push and we put the canopy up and had some lunch, cracked a couple of beers and, you know, we're still pretty optimistic, pretty excited about pushing up with the tide to get to this secret spot. Anyway, 2.30 came and went and we are kind of peering downstream and the tide dropped out and the riverbanks were above head height so there was absolutely no wind, you know, it would have been 40 degrees in the shade. You know, we kept peering downstream, longingly waiting for this little incoming tidal rush and 4 o'clock came and went, still no tide, it was now about 50 degrees. The banter had now completely died off, the rods were all in the rod holders, lures hooked on. And then at five o'clock that afternoon, incoming kind of mini tidal ball roared up this tiny little creek and hit the boat. Find the spot? Well, we got there and uh, we had it marked in uh, on the GPS and we were constantly tracking, only, you know, 700 metres to go, but it was such a windy creek, 400 metres to go. We finally came around this last little S-bend, expecting to see, you know, this beautiful... Nirvana. Nirvana, Barramundi Nirvana, you know, clear tannin water, barramundi that have never seen a lure before, <laughs> literally jumping onto the bank, chasing badly cast lures. We all had our rods in our hand by this stage. We were slightly inebriated due to the uh, circumstances of the day uh, and we came around the very last turn and there was a fence line there with uh, two cows, very bored looks on their faces, chewing on some grass. Oh, no. <laughs> Punch that cow. <laughs> Throw a lure at the cow. <laughs> Had an absolute debacle of a day. No wonder you've needed counselling. Uh, absolutely, yeah. It was brutal. By this time, the sun was almost on the horizon. The banter had completely ended at that point in time. It took half an hour to get back down to the mouth. And by then, the sun had set, completely rinsed, hadn't slept for 48 hours. And uh, we pretty much threw the anchor out and, uh, you know, just passed out. How was the night's sleep? Absolutely terrible. Um, <laughs> unbeknownst to us, on the outgoing spring tide, we drifted 16 kilometres out into Bonaparte Gulf. <laughs> the anchor has snagged uh, probably a wreck or a, a very serious rock bar. The tides continue to drop. The anchor line has gone completely vertical, almost submerging the bow. We woke to the incoming tidal bore, slopping a wave of water over the front bow of the Ocean Master. It could have ended in absolute tragedy. We actually grabbed the knife, we were ready to cut the anchor rope. You know, mercifully, kind of the anchor straightened and we, we got off, so. While we feel for you, I guess there's also the feeling of kind of satisfaction to learn that even fish whisperers like yourselves go through the trauma that most of us put up with daily and weekly on every one of our fishing trips. The cruel pendulum of life swings and dongs us all. The, the highs and lows of barra fishing can be so extreme and uh, this one was just one of those horrendous trips that uh, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely takes its mental toll.
And ain't there a whole lot of hoying going on across the top end? As the humidity drops, the southeasters start to kick in. We're in the swing season. A lot of hoying, Robert. BG Burke hoyed us this week. Hi, I managed to bust the myth of taking bananas on board on a fishing boat on Sunday. No, you'd be pleased to see that, Rob, because you're a firm. Uh, I'm non-believer in the in the non-believer. Myth. Science, mm. science for shows. The photo shows actually a massive jewfish in the arms of BG Burke with a banana in his mouth. Cheers, Bruce. <laughs> Thanks for sending it in. Here's proof. Clayton Dwyer. Oh, he sent us a, a photo. Managed to pull this six-foot Noah off Nightcliff without hooking it. Yeah, that was impressive. How does that happen, I ask? Does anyone know the Australian record for lassoing a Noah with a three-ounce sinker? It doesn't really matter how you get them in. Yeah, as long as you get them in. Commercial mud crabber, there's a little bit of fishy news for you. Mm. Sherwood Thorbjornsson had a bunch of pots near the Finnis. This is a pro. He's been noticing that some have been getting dramatically lower catches on weekends. I wonder why. He's brought in the tech and set up a trail camera and reported the findings to the Country Hour this week. You see what appears to be about a 5.56 metre dinghy approach the closest in crab pot. Three gentlemen on board and the front gentleman appears to be pulling the professional crab pot. I think they might be stealing from us. There's nothing share farming about it. It's stealing. So not happy and accusing wreck fishos of being the culprit. He's also put another camera on a pot down in Biner. Same thing's been happening there, apparently. Police have the photos from the Finnis one and are chasing it up. You don't have to be a pro to be unhappy about your pots getting pillaged. It's, it's just unterritorial. It's not what any of the, of the diaspora would stoop to, that's for sure, Tim. Give us a hoy at Tales from the Tinny via ABC Tinny on Facebook or fishing at abc.net.au. Shoot it, share it, shout it. Give us a hoy. So as we've been mentioning, Lisa's been our terrier of truth filing reports from the classic this week, full of pluck and confidence. She met Dean next. From across the wild and untamed top end, intrepid Tinny correspondents bring you the truth. We got pulled up by the water police today. We wanted to check our safety gear. After about 10 minutes of pulling eskies and apart, tackle boxes and everything else out of the way, we found a bucket in the bottom of the boat that had flares in it that happened to be out of date. <laughs> so they give us a bit of a warning about having out of flare dates and then I told them that we'd borrowed the, the boat from the local sergeant. <laughs> <laughs> their boss, subsequently. Their boss, yeah, their boss, so... They were going to go back and play havoc at the station with fines and that all over his desk and stuff like that. But they thought, yeah, that was a great joke when they found out who owned the, who owned the boat. And then one of the guys says, well, hang on, we can't take it out on the sergeant tonight. He hasn't signed off on our overtime. <laughs> they actually dropped off some flares for us tonight. So, yeah, one of the constable walks in with a brand new, brand new set of flares to put in the boat because they'll be on the water again in a couple of days' time. <laughs> <laughs> safety first, gentlemen. Safety first on the river. So, a dishonourable mention, Rob, to that sergeant. Yes, very and, interesting. And, and, <laughs> an uncomfortable position to be in, or, one might assume. Or, I mean, obviously he's mates with the people who borrowed his boat. Mm. It wasn't the greatest stitch-up of all time. <laughs> I know my boys are going to be out there patrolling the you know, safety regs on these boats. 
I'll lend my bike to these guys without a date flat. Do you think he went to the actual effort of pulling out the safely uh, in date flat? Yeah, and put, put in the other these old dodgy ones <laughs> hanging Hang on. in the laundry. Yeah, take the vote, fellas. Solus Ortis. The sun is risen. Equus Veneticus Piscatoros Consectatio Catura. The fisherman stalks his prey. Ophugio Mulletus Sorsum Boss. Get a mullet up you. Yeah, I'm Kieran from Darwin. Yeah, we've been getting stuck into the sailfish for the last couple of months. Uh, raised eight on Saturday, landed five and got a little marlin on uh, on the Sunday. So we, we did all right. You guys have started sort of billfish fishing the last couple of years. Have you got into a bit of a rhythm? Like what's the plan when you first head out? So before we head off billfishing, we, we try and um, stock up on some bait, on some garfish. So we'll head down to the beach, barely up for some garries and throw the net around to get some. Usually get them into the nice uh, into an ice slurry pretty quick and head out early in the morning. Get on the water pretty early. Uh, we like to be at the ground sort of just after sun up. When we get out there, we put the teasers out straight away. Usually we start off sort of around Witch's Nose area and um, and head wider if we're not getting anything. The setup would be we've got two outriggers, one on either side, so we'll, we'll have two skipping gars on on those. Um, a bird teaser on the left hand side of the boat and a uh, dredge, we had a dredge last week on the right hand side and then we just had a swimming mullet sitting behind the dredge and just another little gari, skipping gar behind the teaser, bird teaser. All bases covered. Yeah, that's it. Well, more chances. <laughs> so usually the, the one behind the teaser gets, uh, gets hit a fair bit because if they come up for the teaser it's, it's right there so we don't have to muck around too much but it's a bit hectic when you get three or four come up at a time. Uh, we had two doubles actually, nearly had a triple at one stage. We had Andy on the swimming and mullet went off, and um, and then me and me and Riley had a hook up each on on, on the skipping gars. So we dropped the one on the mullet, but it was yeah it was pretty hectic. It was uh, it was good though. We got them both in. Andrew was the one that was uh, on on the wheel, and at a few stages we had the had the line rubbing the rubbing the boat and the boat going the wrong way, and uh, anything could have happened at those stages. You know we should we probably should have lost those two fish, but uh, lucked out and and yeah we got them. Take us to the moment that kind of happens. Walk me through a, a sailfish or a marlin hookup. Usually, you're not ready for it, which is uh, like most fishing. You're, uh, yeah, you're sort of looking somewhere else or daydreaming, and and one will just come out of nowhere and and start hitting the teaser or come up and pop one of the outriggers out. When, when it pops, yeah, you sort of switch on, and um, if it's already grabbed the say the skip and gar, you just let the let the line run for a little while and. You know, feather it through your fingers so you can feel it taking the line and then um, pull the bail arm over and hope to God you got him on. <laughs> now, a lot of fish shows will be used to, like, looking for birds to, to, as an indicator. Uh, anything in particular, a kind of behaviour of the birds that you're looking for? There's a lot of bait out at Fog Bay, so, you know, even on Saturday we were heading out and there was just, there was just acres of bait. And, uh, I mean, there's plenty of birds there and, you know, got the boot. well, I think everyone calls them the boobies, you just got those swallowtails and then what we call the billy birds, which is um, the frigates, the larger ones that sort of rise up real high. If the frigates are working, if they're, if they're up high, we, we just put the gear in. If there's not much around, we'll still put the gear in. And that's what happened on Saturday. We found a couple of frigates and they'll, yeah, ride up. 
So there was not much happening on the surface of the water, but we just thought stuff it will give it a crack and lucked out. They must be seeing something that we can't see. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Well, I don't know, the higher you get up, the, the deeper you'll be able to see. But um, that's, that's, that's just our plan. 2017 runoff, you got options. Barra on the move, Billy's on the move. Uh, why do you choose Billy's? Uh, for the simple fact that they're just awesome. I still go out and chase barras, but uh, if someone gave me the option of going billfish over barras that weekend, I'd uh, I'd be straight onto the billies. Yeah, it's just they fight hard, they run, and it's more skillful, I reckon, than, than catching a barrel. The way you got to feed, you know, feed the baits, and there's more luck in it than than barra fishing as well. More skill and more luck. I reckon. I think anyone can catch a barra, but well, when the billfish are on, anyone can catch a billy too, but. I think there's just more skill in it, you know, searching around, finding them. Similar to Barry, you've got to search around and find them, but, yeah, when, when they're up, you're feeding baits back to them or something like that, it can get pretty exciting. Esky's not as full, though. Nah, no, nah, I'm not too worried about that. I'm not a big fish eater, so uh, if we get a couple of Mackies, Riley usually, um, you know, gives them a cold bath and fillets them when he gets home, but <laughs> I'm not, not a big fan of Mackies. They're, they're usually a pest out there when we're chasing billies. As the sailing season slows down a bit, uh, what do you move on to? Cold beers and camping. Yeah. Tales from the Tinny. Wow. That was the beard there, of course, who we've mentioned in Dispatches, uh, the producer of the Tinny. And Kieran with a thorough dissection of the what, the when, the where, and most controversially, the why. <laughs> more skill, more luck on the sailfish. There's more skill in sailfishing than barramundi. In some respects, you can understand that. I'm doomed. Yeah, you're in big, big trouble. But cold beer and camping in particular, Kieran, yeehaw. That's what we're all looking forward to this dry season. Hello, I'm Hiro. Uh, I'm 56 years old. Quite old man. But still, I'm... <laughs> Fishing Baramandi by land based in Darwin. Young at heart, Hero, young at heart. Nah. <laughs> so, Hero, we're down here at, uh, in, uh, just near the trailer boat club yeah, uh, off yeah. of the rocks. Around the high tide timing, this uh, fishing location is very nice for catching Baramandi. Average size here be bigger than other beach. Uh, for example, Mindel Beach. Average size there about 45 centimeter to 60 cent there, but here average 50 to 80. Why do you think that is? There are so many big rocks under the water. They like patrol <laughs> between big rocks. <laughs> Mineral Beach, uh, I saw so many small sized barramundi now. Because uh, we had a very nice wet season this time, so many small barramundi came back to this shallow water. Two years ago, three years ago, we had uh, too much sand on the bottom in these shallow waters. Uh, Originally, there are many uh, caves of rocks under the water. But uh, uh, after too much sand covered on the bottom, small barramundi couldn't find any hiding place. But this year, good. 
What has it meant, or what will it mean, you know, in terms of uh, in terms of bait and bait numbers uh, and attracting the barramundi? I think uh, February and uh, the beginning of March, I saw so many jelly prawns everywhere because of big rain. But now I don't see many jelly prawns, but I saw many uh, bait fish, small uh, mullet and uh, some other small fish. Wet season around here too wavy, very difficult for fishing. But dry season, every day like this. <laughs> to me, most oh, most difficult time for catching barramundi. Uh, the middle of August to the beginning of October, around here. Was that a bite before? Yeah, yeah. Small barramundi. So, Hiro, it's been over a year since you hit the, the thousand barra mark. Yeah. Uh, what are you up to now? Year by year, I, <laughs> uh, I, I get older. So, <laughs> I, I can't go fishing every day. <laughs> before... Uh, 2011-2012, I could go fishing every day, every night, but recently I could go fishing twice or three times a week. So what's the tally up to? Total 1,060. Still not bad. Yeah, still <laughs> not bad. You've also been uh, tinkering a bit with uh, some, some lures. This one you've got on the end here, I can see a... Ah, this one? Yeah. This one, my good friend, Mark Jagura, he is an uh, inventor of this special setting. First, we need a prone-shaped prong, lure. And also, we need a nice double hook on the end of the tail. Yeah, right. So you've got it. I mean, the prawn, it's rigged weedless. Yeah. Um, and then you've attached a, a stinger with, what, 40-pound 40, 40 leader? Yeah, yeah, 45-pound uh, to... leader here. But still not enough, this one. I, I didn't catch any barramande with this main hook. Always the one on the tail, the stinger. Yeah. You don't need any action. Just slow, steady winding. Get a mullet up here. Tales from the Tinny. Hero speaking with the beard. And what a consummate professional Wasn't the he sensei just? is. Yeah. Ah, Baramandir, catch him. Continue commentary to strange bearded man by my side. Yeah, it, it was as if nothing had even... It's just a little one. <clears throat> and he just rolled on yeah. like a true pro. Another Tinny terrier of truth, though. Fishos. You might remember Rudy's attempt last week. He was chock full of jelly shots down at Dundee, skippering a New South Wales team at the Real Women's uh, competition. He attempted to file a report, and this was the disastrous result. Moderately unsuccessful. Well, he's shot back with a quite powerful right of reply this week. Hey, Tinny boys, Chris Rudy here. Thanks to Rippin' last week, fellas. Love your work. But uh, 
Now that I don't have the Lady Bombers feeding me full of jelly shots, I've been able to work this technology out. It was a great weekend out at Dundee for the Real Women's Barra Classic and an even better weekend for my team of Mexicans, the New South Wales Barra Babes, who not only managed to take out champion team for the weekend, but uh, Amelia Tui got champion angler as well. So you're right, I couldn't work out the tech, but I found the fish. So what can I say? In your face and get a mallet up, you boys. Many folk fish their whole lives without knowing it is not actually fish that they seek. Mmm. Deep. Tales from the tinny. You know, I've seen that written in toilet walls around town. If you're looking for deep, go to tinny. Get some tinny up ya on the ABC radio app or your favourite podcast provider because that's where the deep is at. That's what I've seen written. You've seen it written? I've seen it written. With your own eyeballs? With my own eyeballs and my own Nico pen. (laughs) (laughs) I I had a chat to Dwayne at DNA this week. First trip on the South Alligator River. Back to uh, their old stomping grounds. The fishing was good, which makes it sound just okay. But they landed 7 over 90 upstream. Mm. That's better than good. Well, maybe not by Dwayne's standards. Fair enough. Mm. But by our 7 over 90 upstream, mentioned it earlier with Warren, it's turned on. Although there's some, some um, criteria to that. Um, there was a huge mullet run on. And he'd been fishing up the top for, for 20, 20 or so years. Never seen a mullet run like it. Just insane and invested. He said it fished well just before it. During it, they were all gorging themselves and then too full. And it was as if they took two or three days to digest all those mullet. Once the mullet had gone, then it, it switched back on again. <laughs> They've been, the, been to the all-you-can-eat all yeah. buffet on Thursday, yeah. took to Saturday for them to stump up again. Yeah, so when you hear reports like that, you know, that was dependent. That was over a number of days and different sessions were better at different times depending on the mullet. So, as always, it's all about timing and Johnny on the spot, but still great to hear that those sort of fish, those sort of numbers are coming out of there. I feel a bit smug too, actually. Oh, uh, you got seven fish over 90 on the weekend. <laughs> no, not likely. It's the only thing that's going to give you the right to feel smug, Robert. Got a mate in town from up from down south. Used to live here. And, uh, and another mate who's a local, Pablo. Pablo and Wok. Head, I headed them out to the south. So I hope they're going all right. They might have got there on the day of the all-you-can-eat buffet, though, if I headed them in that direction. Yeah. That'd be right. Ah, Lat has been on, on the blower again. What's he doing now? Uh, me and Bolchie at Shady again. Jeez, they can't get enough of each other, those boys, can they? Or of Shady. They've been going so hard. I reckon. After seven trips, finally cracked a metery this runoff and a new PB. Bravo. Good on you, Bolch. Good on you, Lats. I mean, we got another 92, 92, 91. Oh, jeez. This is starting to sound familiar. 92, 92, 91, 91. And a big thready that took all of 15 seconds to troll up. We're hearing that too. The big threddies are out in force out there. Bloody great session and been worth the effort you've put into it, Lats and Bolchy. I was interested in one of the comments below that post. It read as follows. Hey, Dwayne Beaumont, can you get Peter Bistrop's boat ready, fill it up with fuel, put the fishing gear in, load the esky with real beer and hook it up to his ute while he's not looking and give him the drum on the good tides. He keeps telling me that we must go fishing, but nothing ever eventuates. Every time I've invited him over the last 12 to 18 months, he either doesn't turn up or he pulls out at the last minute and leaves me high and dry. My boat's not going at the moment. I reckon it'd be good to go in his boat for a midweek fish. (laughs) 
He owes me a few from over the years. Jeez, that was heartfelt, wasn't oh, it? Oh, man. So if you're... That Dwayne, was a vent on faceache. I know, and one bloke telling another bloke to go sort out the, the other, other bloke. bloke. Anyone involved in that, yeah, let us know back, how it went. Back to us. Let us know how it all went. Uh, the beard's been doing all right on, on the kayak. Has he? Off East Point, he's been drilling a few tuna. Good Lot, man. Yeah, lots of sashimi. On handline? Hand no, no, on rods this time. Oh. On the fleck, I believe. And no. also, uh, we can get some queenies. So it's been uh, sashimi and namus wall to wall. Good stuff, Beard. Beard, 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 beard world. Beard, the producer of the tinny. Mark Goodall has given us a hoy. A few of us Mexicans had a good trip at the start of the march. So we convinced ourselves the kids needed a trip as well. How convenient. Nice justification. Can so you, they flew back up. Can you hear this? They've come up in March, had a good trip in the fish in, on the runoff. They go home and say, look. It's not for us, darling. It's not little Johnny and little Jenny. They deserve to experience what, what their, their parents, have, what their fathers have gone through here. This is a, true, this is a bonding moment mm, mm. between and it, parent and child. And it gets better as this evolves. Too, I'm going to put them on a plane and I'm going back. That's it. We arrived Friday morning and fished the south for a couple of keepers and smaller models. Saturday and Sunday we fished the east and the youngest, Cooper, six, hooked an 1100, trolling on his three kilo, five foot four rod. I'm assuming that's a metre ten, not 1100 centimetres. A but a metre ten. ten is for someone six years old is a stonker. For someone any age, Robert. Yeah, yeah. And what a great justification to get back on the plane. Of course. He's, he's just ticked all the boxes. A few smaller models made Jai, and get this, the French exchange student, Theo. Oh, everybody gets a, gets a flight. <laughs> That's it. I'm not only doing it for the kids, love. I'm doing it for our exchange students as well. It's a cultural, it's a cultural experience. This is what the Frenchie's here for. That's it. Learn about Australia and what better place to do it than catching a metery up on the top end. You can see the Sydney Opera House on the bloody internet. Bloody Opera House. Boring. Boring crap. Plenty of photos and scenic views ensued. We ticked all the boxes. You certainly bloody did, Mark Goodall. Local Aaron Scott picked up a metery Sunday as well, just Good. to keep it real Good. for the territory. Good stuff, Aaron. Represent, brother. Represent. <laughs> Just another great weekend in the Territory, and was it? Was it ever? And the final word to Dustin Bearstow on the Perrins. My mate Bobby got this massive cobia wide from the Perrins during the week. It put up a good fight for 20 minutes. Here's the bit, though. I finally gaffed it. It took one last run, pulling the gaff from my hands. I thought I'd lost it, and and the gaff. Then it came up again with the gaff still in it. I reached over and managed to grab it and got her in. Unreal. Isn't that unreal? We've got the stories of lassoing, lassoing sharks with a snapper lead, randomly pulling fish out of the water with gaffs. We've got a very interesting alternate capture. Another one. Methodology. Methodology coming up later in the program that I think possibly tops the lot, Tim. Time to head back down to the daily. And our earnest and erudite... And well-read correspondent on the scene down there at the Classic. Things are starting to ramp up down there a bit. Including the alcohol level. Lisa met a bloke with a, a very appropriately named boat. From across the wild and untamed top end, intrepid tinny correspondents bring you the truth. This is Lisa at the Barra Classic having a chat with Southie from the uh, boat No Rush. Southie didn't make it on the water today. It was an RDO for some today, Lisa. Other two boys went out. 
Paul Sam was struggling, severely hungover after winning the biggest fish yesterday. 92 centimetres, roughly the same size as him. He dry reached all the way down to the public ramp, and then when he got to the ramp, he couldn't handle it anymore. He had a little up and under. Spent the whole day suffering terribly. So two men on the boat, one man down, one on an RDO, feet up, back at camp. Got up at 11, went back to sleep about 1, got up again at 3. They stopped fishing about 2.30 and come home. No rush, we might be late to get on the water, but we're not late to get off. Full crew tomorrow, trying to maybe one day on, one day off. <laughs> well, I'm on holidays, I don't know what all this comp shit's about. <laughs> Seriously, the dog rooting the football tomorrow. Where's Sammy now? In bed. <laughs> He's been in bed since 7 o'clock. We've got the white ninja. Let's sneak away. Yeah, go on. All right, Southie, have a good day. Lovely Sweet dream. as always. <laughs> matters to discuss. Oh, matters. Agenda item A. In fact, the only agenda item. How serious is a dog reading a football? What the... I've run this picture over in my head a few times since hearing it. I suppose the football rolls around a bit, right? So that dog has to be pretty serious. That dog has to be pretty committed. Because that football's just going to keep rolling away. Otherwise, I'm not sure. Am I missing something? I've just, uh, I've just had the metal picture that you've pushed up, Tim, and I'm just, I'm just walking away. I'm just walking away. More from our intrepid correspondent on the daily shortly. G'day, I'm Dean Jackson from Dean Jackson Sport Fishing. How are you, lads? We're good, mate. What have you been up to? I've uh, been uh, down the mouth of the Daly mainly and a little bit out of uh, Dundee. How's the Daly been? Oh, mate, it's been pretty good. Um, there's still a lot of water downstream um, in a lot of those creeks, so it hasn't been uh, fishing like it could do, but I, hey, the next two sets of big tides are just going to go off its head. The Finnis, is it still fishing? Yeah, it's slowed down a bit too there. The water temperature's dropped um, up the top of the little finnis. It slowed things down a little bit. What sort of numbers? Averaging between 6 and 12 a day and getting some nice keepers. Donnie, who won the biggest barrier for the trip, didn't even wet a line. Donnie and Ross are here. How are you going, chaps? Yeah, yeah good, good, thanks. We had a couple of boats up the little finnis and um, all the boys from Darwin on one and the Tassie boys on the other. A bit of a showdown. Biggest fish, biggest barra. What was up for grabs? Chucked in 10 bucks yeah, each, I think. What are you doing at this point, Donnie? <laughs> Just singing piss and taking photos. <laughs> are you actually fishing? Ah, uh, nah. Nah, I didn't even fish at all. What's the rationale behind that? You're on a fishing trip in the Northern Territory. Yeah, well, better than sitting drinking piss by myself, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> on dry land. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But I think Dino said you win the comp, so this is all a bit confusing. How do you, how do you win a biggest fish comp without wetting a line what's what's going on here mate just sitting there minding my own business and a barrow jumps straight into the back of my head basically in the back of the bonds yeah yeah, yeah. free jumped out of the water yep yeah i uh, went 80 centimeters mate it, went, <laughs> it actually cleared the whole gunnel and i've got pretty high sides of me mate and it just absolutely cleared the gunnel knocked donnie in the back of the head left fish lime all over it <laughs> Hit the casting deck and then ended on the floor. <laughs> Funniest things I've seen for a long time, mate. It was like an absolutely crack up. And, and couldn't have happened to a more deserving bloke. What was this <laughs> Barramundi saying to you, Donny? Uh, yeah, he, he wasn't too happy with me for not fishing. He hadn't got on the squirt the night before and the boys had, like, you know, shaved the target in the back of your head or something like that. Ah, uh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no. What he was saying 
was wake the hell up, Donny, man up and put a fishing rod in. Yeah, yeah, nah, should have really. <laughs> Come home with the lollies, mate, so that's the main thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, nah, I was happy with that. You'd have to be the the impartial adjudicator here, Dino, oh, and definitely. a stern and solemn man that you are. Did oh, you rule yeah. on it? Firm but fair, Dino. Yeah, it's hard but fair. <laughs> First one to touch the fish, you know, or the leader or anything, you know, claims the prize, so yeah. Dino, you said about six to 12 fish a session. Are you still working the mouth? Yeah, it was down the mouth um, of the little finners mainly. The big finners hasn't really been producing many fish like down the end of the mouth at the moment, so we just concentrated on the little finners and um, fished the flats on the high tide. We were able to pick up a few early fish and then really sort of quieten down a fair bit until the, the run in. And um, they went off their heads for about 45 minutes to an hour and that was our real window and then, yeah, it was sort of the odd fish here and there after that. But you reckon the daily, the next two springs is going to go? Oh, it's going to go for Ted, mate. I'm down the Moyle, so I'm really looking forward to that too. Um, we'll be down there for uh, seven days, so um, really looking forward. That fished really, really well for us last year. You know, we got 1,400 barra with the same blokes last year for the group. Any in the melon? None in the melon. <laughs> <laughs> They'll have high expectations this trip, mate. Yeah, well, they should. Um, but we are going to fish the daily on the back end of the trip, so I'm really looking forward to that too. Back in your history, you're a bit of a billabong specialist, mate. Are you hearing much from out those billabongs? Yellow Waters, Home, Mardigal, Corroboree, Hardies? One mate that had um, a go out at Yellow Waters and said, because um, he used to work out there with us, um, and he said, yeah, there's plenty of fish in the billabongs. Good on you, Dino. And uh, I think the motto for the you boys next door is maybe, you know, bring a crash helmet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nah, I might put that on the agenda. Or a fishing rod, maybe. <laughs> Good on you, boys. <laughs> you. You're listening to Tales from the Tinny. Get them running up, yeah. <laughs> G'day, I'm uh, David from the Narrows. A couple of weeks ago, fishing out towards Barren Islands. Corresponding neeps, uh, how did you go? Yeah, had a ripper of a day, as it turns out. We had uh, three tuna in the boat um, before 8 o'clock and had to leave them because there was just an abundance of them. Fished a few spots around North Barron, pretty hectic from then in. GTs were pretty thick um, and decent sized ones, um, sort of around your 70 centimetres, 80 centimetres off the bottom, so they're good fun. Not really good to eat, so we wanted some eating fish. Uh, second spot we tried, I pulled up a Red Emperor straight away. Basically tricky city uh, for a while. Moved to another spot, pulled up a, got a 60 centimetre coral trout on the first drop. Now Shrek, we brought along um, a correspondent, uh, a bloke we just picked up on the street by the name of Packy Andy. Yeah, thanks for the lift fellas. <laughs> Getting pretty hot out there walking on the highway. How did you go with the pelagics? What sort of method were you using? Were you trolling them up or casting? I was hoping for some goldies, um, which actually was the only species we didn't get for the day. So it was all bottom bashing and actually we got a few mackies as well by catching little cod things off the bottom and then about five metres up on the retrieval, bang, the Mackies are on as well. Well, so you're targeting Goldies and you've picked up not Goldies but every other possible Everything bycatch. but. <laughs> every other species, trip. yeah. So if you got to the stage where you're calling Red Emperor and Trout bycatch, you're doing all right, <laughs> eh? <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, that cold trout was the biggest I've caught and then, yeah, I just love eating those. We got there just on low, uh, I think low was about 9am and, but it fished right through till probably about 2 and then I knew the high tide turn was about 3.30. So, but then that's actually when it slowed up a bit and we decided to head into the finners. First four trolls, we had three barra on board. Found a nice creek just towards the mouth. Pulled up there and we had another three barra in about half an hour there. 
Job well done. So we just got every species except Goldies. Uh, what size were the barra? Ah, uh, biggest was 75. Bigger one bricked me in the rock bar. I hadn't had a barra pool like that ever. It nearly peeled my whole line off and then just rubbed me in the rocks. But yeah, 75 was the biggest, three keepers. A good day at the office, Andy. Absolutely. Did you feel like you failed? Because you didn't get a Goldie, did you? Yeah, well, I, yeah. I was, look, I love Goldies as well, but no, nah, we, we ended the day. Couldn't have really had a better day out there, I thought. It was just perfect, every species and, and beautiful weather. Hey, Tim. Yeah, mate. Remember this? Uh, 97, 95, 95. Yeah, yeah. 95, I remember it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's etched in my memory. Yes. Uh, yeah, I remember it. What's the point? Uh, and then this? We came around the very last turn. Two cows, very bored, looks on their faces, chewing on some grass. Trip from hell, horror trip, the worst extended barramundi fishing trip I've ever done. Yes, I was distressed at the beginning, but that one made me a touch relieved. Started to feel better, didn't we? I, I started to feel a little bit better, I've got to be honest. Well, really. guess what? The following trip, redemption. Weather was just absolutely perfect. Glassy seas, everything went right. Um, we caught and released over 300 legal barra uh, in four days fishing. Uh, it was just incredibly easy. We lost count of double and triple hookups. We caught cricket scores. Um, we caught a bunch of good fish up to kind of 97, 98 centimetres. Um, the pendulum of life swung back my way. Stewie, your life is emotionally exhausting. I'm shattered. <laughs> the highs and lows of barra fishing. Ouch. Of course he redeemed himself. It was bad. It was bound to happen. It's nice to hear that everyone goes through the ebbs and flows. It, it was more than nice, Tim. It was, it was life assuring. <laughs> it was. It was life, life affirming. affirming. And for the final word, it probably has to go this week, Fishos, to Lisa, a valiant soldier in the field for Tales from the Tinny. Putting up with these blokes, surely it was well towards the end of the night, Lisa. Nigel, Tony and Smithy. From across the wild and untamed top end, intrepid tinny correspondents bring you the truth. Today, I was cruising up the river and I witnessed a bit of a bucket dumping of water. Early this morning, it was a little bit nipply. It's a rule within the boat. We catch a catfish, we have to get a dunking. We're still working on the commandments around the, oh. the rules. But it has to be positively identified it, as a catfish. If it's too cold, you can defer it till 10 o'clock, which is what we've done today. Maximum time, 10 o'clock. Once 10 o'clock comes, it doesn't matter. You're wet. So when it gets really hot <laughs> during the afternoon, can you just tip a bucket of water on yourself and say, bless my catfish credit for the next day? <laughs> <laughs> no, not in a catfish man's All the best on day three. It's day two tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Now, we just need to interrupt here, Rob, because at this point, the boys kind of tipped over the edge. Edge is the word. Getting a little bit edgy, Tim. Mm, They started detailing their record for how many rum-induced movements in a single day they'd executed off the transom. It it was 11, for the record. It's 11 in a day. That's something to be proud of. 11 in a day. They even regaled Lisa with the gripping yarn of when one of their mates failed to pull his pants down far enough and the mess that ensued. As a true pro, however, at this point, Lisa moves them on politely and asks instead, 
why they were all snuggled up so affectionately and close together on the back of the boat during the day. And at that point, it became truly unbroadcastable. Fully blue. Fully blue. Fully X-rated. Leaving Lisa just watching on as the cackling hyenas became somewhat manic. <laughs> you make me laugh. I'm sorry. So it's maybe true. Jesus Christ. Anyway, go on. Let's laugh. All right, boys, these boys have lost their shit. Uh, they're currently wandering back to camp. One of them's got the other one's hand in their back pocket. Jesus Christ. I didn't expect it to go like this. Unbelievable, unbelievable work there, Timmy. And there's only, I think there's only one thing. I think you know what's happening. I think this has to happen right now for you, Lisa. In honour of a diligent dedication to the upholding of Timmy principles... In honour of an unwavering adherence to the Tinny's operational ethos. In honour of the fact that your thoughts, words and deeds mark you out as a bloody champion. We in the Tinny salute you, Fisho, and hereby bestow on you the TFT Honourable Mention. Well deserved, Lisa, and a good lesson. If you too are keen to get on board as a tinny coro, feel free to contact us at any time at ABC Tales from the Tinny on Facebook or fishing at abc.net.au. You can download this free app that we've uh, we've pilfered, we've hacked from the ABC server and file your reports in straight to Tinny HQ. But the lesson is you never know what you're going to get. The lesson is you never know what you're going to confront mm. when you've got the tinny press card stuck. Yeah, properly into yeah. your hat. Now, didn't she handle it with a plomb? Oh, a no. plomb. A plomb plus. Yeah, well done, Lisa. And thanks to everyone who's been part of this week's Tinny. We'll catch you next week. Tales from the Tinny.